All right, welcome to the Sons of Fantasy Football League podcast. It's playoff time, and we're talking quarterfinals this week. Joining me tonight um, from the Seawolves, Phil Bruce. Oh, great to be back after a, a brief hiatus. Seawolves look to be the, the heavy favorites to be Mr. Big Stacks going into the draft next year. I know my cupboard's not as full as other teams, but I, I'm geared up and I'm ready for some fantasy football playoffs. Well, the only person on this podcast that is really able to talk playoffs is Shane Stein from Take Your Ball and Go Home. Shane, how you doing? That's first place, Take Your Ball and Go Home. Uh, thanks. Great to be here, Matt. Excited to uh, be part of the softball playoffs once again after my, my two-year hiatus. Yeah, I think um... – you know, we're going to get into chirping a little bit, but I guess we should talk about the season real quick. Um, what a great regular season in the Sons of Fantasy Football League. Um, I'm able to say that despite, obviously, the disappointment um, from the from the Denver Desert Dogs this year. Um, it's not often that you'll see the top scorer in the league not make the playoffs, but I don't want this to be about me. This podcast is not about me. I'm not in the playoffs. Just got thrown out there, but it's, it's not about me. However, no, it's, it's not. Happened. It needs to be mentioned. It needs to be mentioned. <laughs> but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sulk. Um, I caught every break for two straight years, and I did not catch any this year. So, um, <laughs> you know, it happens. Phil's been warning me for two years that things would regress. Um, I didn't think they would regress this hard. But I can still say three straight points titles, three straight years being the best team in the league. So I'll just I'll just throw that out there. Um, you know, it's okay. I don't need my name on a trophy to validate how fucking good I am. <laughs> okay. So. It's tough to argue with any of that. I mean, you threw out facts. Point scoring leader three years in a row. It's what I mean, you're 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 the best team the last three years. This year it didn't work out as as I mentioned. Um there was some regression. This this year was different, though. You did a really good job of putting yourself in position and, and making a really good trade where you got the best player in fantasy football and gave up a good asset in, in Kamara. You did a really good job managing the team. It just didn't work out. Yeah. Um, if I had been able to talk Spears into that deal a week sooner, like we were talking about, um, I beat you in week eight, and I get in. But I wasn't able to do that. So, um but two teams at seven and six left out. We had a lot of great action Monday night in the final regular season week with Eddie pulling out one of the craziest wins I've ever seen over Ty. Um, Ty handled it really well. Talked to him Tuesday morning. He was, you know, I was more broken up for him than I was for myself, honestly. And he was like, yeah, I won some games in the beginning of the year I shouldn't have. So it all evened out in the end. I shouldn't be in the playoffs anyway. So he took that much more like a man than I would say every other person in the league could have. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I I wouldn't have taken uh, it that way. I would have been throwing things at your TV screen. Yeah. Probably just bought you a new one the next day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So a lot of good action this year. Trade deadline was great. Um, I thought it was a great regular season in the Sons of Fantasy Football League. You guys have anything to add to that? No, I mean eight teams um, finished the season with a winning record. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, pretty pretty incredible. Eight teams, seven and six, or better, and then you have the 
like you said, your team at six and seven score more points than everyone. So, I mean, pretty competitive all, all the way around. Um, pretty, pretty awesome stuff. I mean, I, yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I think it was a great season. There were a few more oddities. I mean, there's always some weird stuff that happens in fantasy football. I felt like there were a little bit more this year just with some of the, the stars that stayed healthy and just didn't perform as, as well as we, we thought they would have. But for the most part, um, it, it, it was a really good season. The, the, the one thing I do want to say is if there was ever a situation where we would think about moving formats in, in terms of not just head-to-head matchups, but like some kind of aggregate scoring every week, <coughs> if, there was, if there was ever a situation, it would be where the league commissioners the league and doesn't make the playoffs. Right. So the, the fact that it, I don't know if it's come up as a serious conversation topic. I don't, I don't think that it has really. Um, the fact that it hasn't shows that we're, we'll probably never get to that point. So it's come up obviously throughout the year, Eddie and Micah, and the main ones in my ear, Shane for years too. Um, talking about going to some kind of reward for being a top six scorer um, on a week-to-week basis. I have been a hard pass on that for a long time, and I'm not going to change because I got boned this year. Um, so I, I still think that part of why you play the game is this is a fun – I don't want to be top six. I want to be number one every week. I want to beat the guy across from me. Um, so I, I like that aspect of fantasy football. I think that's why we all started playing the game. I don't think you're ever going to make this a perfect game. So um, I, will, I, I just I think will it's say, really interesting that, that you take that stance because historically you've been a really good player, right? So you would think that someone that's a really good player would want the law of averages to, to help them out. So the fact that you don't want that is interesting. And the fact that you just got boned by this in the worst possible way and don't want that, I think it really speaks volumes, too. I just I, – it's not why I play the game. Like, if I wanted to be top half every week, I'd just play 50-50s on Fandle. Like, that, that's what I would do. So, um, I don't see this happening um, over and over again. So, I just think this is, this is the best way to keep everybody involved all the time. Um, I don't know. Um, I will say, in Eddie's league, our Dynasty League – um, so that's a 10 team league. We have five teams make the playoffs four and five play a playing game this week to get into the playoffs. And the fifth seed is determined by whichever non top two in each division has the highest points. I do like that aspect. I think that's cool factoring. Like maybe what, maybe our sixth seed could be the highest scoring player left. I'm not going to bring that up because it's going to seem very sour grapes. Um, but it's definitely something I guess we should probably talk about. Um, I just I like that aspect of it. So, yeah, I, d- I definitely like that aspect too. I mean, <laughs> I know I I hear everything you're saying. I mean, obviously the head to head is is what makes it fun. Um, playing against someone every week, playing against our friends, having that head to head where you can say, "Hey, I beat you this week." Um, you can rub it in a little bit. That 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 aspect is the fun part. But, I mean, fantasy football, I mean, in the end, we're all trying to basically put the most points on the scoreboard. Yeah. I mean, you're not playing defense. You're not trying to stop anyone. You can't do that. Like, you, you have no control over whether or not you can – how many points someone else is going to score against you. So, I mean, you're basically 
just out there trying to put up as many points as you can every week. And if, if you do a good job of that, I feel like you should be rewarded. Yeah, um, I got my money back. I mean, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, I, I mean, so if, if, if I if I could just one make one point, and that is, I think we have had a lot of success structuring this league the way, the way that it's structured. Like a lot of the stuff that we complain about are really really small portions of the league that don't really affect all that much. Like we like we we. The biggest debate in this league was because Butler traded one of his players for $30 and not $30 in a keeper flyer, right? So my, my point is we have such a good thing going that when we try and tweak it, and, and if, if we make a drastic <coughs> change like an aggregate scoring metric would be, we're going to open up this whole other can of worms of, of problems that we don't even know about yet. Like, for, for example, if you have four teams tanking at the end of the year – and you're a team trying to win, it's really hard for you to pick up games on all the other winners because you suddenly have four teams that are tanking in the league and they, you know, the person you're trying to chase only has to beat out two other teams realistically to get that point and, and, and stay ahead of you. Like there, there, there's all these other things that could come up that we probably wouldn't realize until it was too late that could shift the whole competitive dynamic of this league and, and that's why i would just say like i'm i would be really hesitant to change anything drastically because of how good it's been i don't and i agree i know we're still technically feeling it out we're only in year five i, I want this league to go for a long time um but i think butler did make a valid point at the draft when he said you know when are we ever just going to have the same league every year and not make a drastic change every year eliminating kicker eliminating defense you know um I do think we need to kind of let it ride for a little bit and see where we're at. I don't think I, I don't think we'll ever get a perfect league to Phil's point. So I, I don't I'm I'm not kidding when I say in our emails like part of the best league best league ever. Like I, I do think this is one of the top leagues you can play in. I think everybody brings it week in and week out. Um, so I I don't anticipate things like this happening often, and I, I don't want to cry sour grapes because I don't I I didn't. I didn't beat you, Phil. That's what I keep coming back to. Like, everyone keeps asking me about, you know, are you mad about not being in the playoffs? And, frankly, there was one team I needed to beat that was terrible, and I didn't beat them. And it's the only week all year I didn't score over 100 points. You scored 99.5. If I would have done what I did all other 12 weeks, I'm in the playoffs. So, you know, I didn't take care of business in the one game that everyone else pretty much did. I didn't do that. So, yeah, yeah. You make some good points, Phil, and I, I, I will just touch on. I don't know that I've ever really gotten my format that I that I proposed to you a couple of years ago when it came down to this, and and it was kind of to your point of oh, we if we have some teams tanking, you you don't have to beat as many to be in the top six. Well, that's I was I was proposing that we keep the head to head matchup as like as a metric, but we also keep a like the scoring metric where you're rewarded for being say the top three, get a certain amount of points for, for the week, the top, the second three, get a certain amount of points. The next three get a certain amount of points. So it's easier to break it up that way. So you are rewarded, not just, not just shooting to get top six. Hey, like you're more rewarded for getting the top three than you would be. Say you finished eighth or ninth in the league. Yeah. I think that, that, disarms what I was talking about and probably fixes it, but I I also don't know of any leagues that have ever operated that way. Like, I've never even heard of a league that goes by that kind of scoring 
So again, my, my, my point by saying that is on paper, that sounds like a really good idea to me. I don't know what it would look like in practice. And if there are any challenges that we would have with it, I think we wouldn't see them until it was too late and we were already too far into a season. No, yeah, I, it would definitely, obviously, we, we we wouldn't realize the kinks until until something happened in down the road if we actually did implement it. So, all right, um, let's get into trivia. So, my basis for the trivia question this week, I'm going to give the trivia question again um, this week. So, I talked to you guys a couple weeks ago about a great article I read on the Athletic about um, Aaron Rodgers was able to with a little help from the locker room, named the 37 players that he'd thrown a touchdown to in his career. Um, one of our favorite fantasy players is Patrick Mahomes. He's thrown touchdowns to 15 players in his two-plus seasons in the NFL. I want you guys to name the 15 players that Patrick Mahomes has thrown a touchdown to in his career. Wow. I think, I think we can get most of this. I didn't think it was too hard, but I thought it was challenging enough that it was uh, worth worth talking about. So, you want to go first or second, Phil? I will go with Tyreek Hill. All right. <laughs> Tyreek Hill is first on that list with fifteen. Um, I will go with Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey second with thirteen. Um, God, I, I can't even think of what his name is. What, whatever Robinson, the, the guy I had on my team last this year. Demarcus Robinson is tied for third with seven. <laughs> um, Shane thinks he's the worst player in the NFL. He is awful. <laughs> um, I will go with Shady McCoy. Well, Sean McCoy has caught one touchdown from Patrick Mahomes, but he's on this list. Um, how about Damian Williams? Uh, Damian Williams has three. Damian Williams has three. Um, so that gives us five. I will go with Samuel Watkins. Sammy Watkins is in fifth with six. McCole Hardman. McCole Hardman is in seventh with four. I will go with Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt tied for third with seven. Pretty incredible that he's third only playing, I think, 10 or 11 games with uh, Mahomes. Um, okay, this is maybe – I think there's two more names, and then it gets tough. Um, ran, how about Darrell Williams? Darrell Williams has two. I did run this question by sure at baseball tonight. He was able to name 11 of them, so he did pretty well. How about Chris Conley from last year? Chris Conley, five. That's a tough one. You, named, you nailed it. Um, so now you guys have gotten the top seven. And we, we've gotten 10 of them? Yep, you have 10. Hmm. 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 
I can't think of anybody else, and I don't think he was there, but I'm going to try it anyway. How about how about Jeremy Macklin? No. Ugh. Hmm. Who else is there this year? I don't think Darwin Thompson caught one. No way. Mm. All right, I'll give you guys a little bit of a hint. All right, so we have one tight end still on this list. Um, two wide receivers and two um, backfield people. Is it, is it my turn or is it Phil's turn? It's Phil's turn. Um, backfield people. Man. Dude, I, I don't know. D'Anthony Thomas. D'Anthony Thomas is one of the wide receivers on this list. He has one. Confident. Oh, uh, last year um... – Spencer Ware. No. Ah, God. How about Charchandrick yep, West? Yep, Charchandrick West has one. <laughs> that is correct. Yes. He's one, of, <laughs> one of the backfield people. Got him. Three left. Mm. He, imi- he imitated the running back. You can call him a running back. He's a running back, but the other guy's not. Oh, shit. <laughs> So is he like a fullback? <laughs> well, what do you think, Shane? <laughs> <laughs> Who the hell is the Chiefs fullback? John Coon. <laughs> That's worse than Jake Locker. Stop that. <laughs> John Coon's a free agent. I saw him out there. You can you can still pick him up. All right. I'll give you guys a couple more seconds here. How about a hint? Um... The one wide, the one wide receiver on this list, um, would remind you of one of my favorite brands of chips. Oh God! Um, <laughs> Lay's? <laughs> no, there's no players in the NFL named Lay's. Jane. Her. <laughs> I'm out. Yeah, I think I think I'm out. All right, so the guy I was referencing is Byron Pringle. Oh, man. Not even close. All right, the backfield person is fullback Anthony Sherman. And the tight end is Demetrius Harris. Yeah, that wasn't going to – yeah, no. So those were obviously the hard ones. Um, But good job. That was pretty good. Good question. Good question. Yeah, it wasn't bad. I really thought you were going to go Brady on that. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I did look up how many people Tom Brady's thrown a touchdown to. It's got to be 50. That would have to be oh. its own podcast because there's 75. Oh, my God. And there's people like Cam Cleland on that list. So we're not going to do that. Um, it's another day. All right, let's talk about uh, the two teams that have a bye, the two division winners. First, we'll start off with take your ball and go home. My question for you guys is Shane's team is, what does Shane need to happen for him to win this league? 
Go ahead, Phil. He he needs the the assets I traded to him to perform to a level that we thought they could before the year. That is a loose term calling those players assets. I mean, I know. I'm just kidding. It's it's first and second round talent that that haven't even shown up. I mean, um, OBJ is getting interviewed today, and he says, "I don't know what the future holds." Like he's already on his way out of Cleveland after they just traded a first round pick for him. I I I, I don't know what what to make of it, but those guys, um, you know, the reason I, I traded and, and Shane bought low. There's so much upside there, and they come back and they're healthy. Then I think that that's what needs to go right for for Shane. The the, the trade that he bought low on those guys, it has to be buying low and and having them peak at the right time. And the Steelers are gonna have every reason in the world to play down the stretch. So there's no reason to think that they can't, other than they can't get healthy. That's what needs to happen. Yeah, uh, this is a good question. I mean, I'm, I'm the one seed, but I I kind of feel like I, I'm more of a a three or a four going into going into what's left here in the playoffs. Uh, I feel like I need to hit on quarterback. That's going to be huge for me. Um, I, I picked up Mayfield a few weeks ago for the playoffs because of the week 15 matchup. Um, now he's hurt. So that that's, that's obviously not a good, good thing. I wanted him against Arizona this week or week 15. Sorry. Figured that was gonna be huge, but if he's hurt, who knows? Um, so I got to kind of make the right decision there between him and Rogers. Um, and like, like Phil said, I need James Conner to play. Um, I, I needed him to, to be good. Um, kind of banking on him to be, to be that RB one that I need down the stretch. And it, it's not looking like that's going to materialize. And then my next one would just be, I need some clarity in the Seattle backfield would be great. Um, that's going to be a split load between Penny and Carson. It's tough rolling both of them out in a in a semifinal or a final trying to trying to win. So I feel like I, I need uh, I need one of those guys to possibly get hurt. Yeah, some clarity there would definitely help. Um, I think Connor is the key. You need Connor out there because he's just so productive. Um, I still think you have a pretty good team, and. Um, you know, if some games this week go right for you, you may have a, a pretty good matchup to at least get yourself in the championship game. So, um, I think you're in decent shape, um, but you're going to need to catch some breaks. So, I, I mean, you, you can pretty much go down the list, but I, I need Mike Evans to show up too. He's done nothing the last four weeks. Um, four catches in each of the last four weeks. We talked about this the other night. I mean, I, I need more than that. I need, I need, I need Mike Evans to have his boom weeks when it counts. So everyone, we know it's, he's capable of it. He's capable of, of winning a matchup. He's done it for me twice this year where he, or three times this year where he single-handedly pretty much won the game. Um, I, I need one of those weeks to happen for me in the, in the playoffs and crunch time. That's, that's kind of what it comes down to when it's in, winning in fantasy football. You need your stars to put up those big weeks, and it has to happen in basically week 15 and 16. <laughs> All right, same question for Eddie's team. I'll, I'll kick off with Eddie's team. Um, I mentioned in the email I sent out the other day that I think Eddie's the favorite. I think everybody would kind of agree with that. Um, but I have I have one big concern about Eddie's team, and for the longest time I've said it's David Montgomery. 
I'm not there anymore. I don't think it's David Montgomery. The one piece on this team that really scares me down the stretch is Drew Brees. Um, we've seen Brees really struggle to play well down the stretch as the weather gets a little colder. Um, he's lucky that he does have two games. Um, well, this week he has five, but next week he'll be at home against Indianapolis. I don't think that's a great matchup. Um, but then he's on the road in week 16 at Tennessee. That game is tougher than people probably realize. Um, I would be very skeptical about having Drew Brees be my quarterback here for the playoff run for Eddie. And I don't think you can win in the playoffs with some of the best teams in the league playing against you when your quarterback is not a guarantee to put up 20-plus points. So. Yeah, for all the talk we, we put into devaluing quarterbacks in our draft and how we can make it more important, it really does come into fruition in the playoffs where you need that quarterback to put up, like you said, we, you need that 20 points from him. I mean, it's such a huge difference maker. You, you can't get hurt by the, play, by the play of your quarterback. We saw in year one where you won the championship based on picking the right quarterback. Um, I, th- I think that year I had like the two best quarterbacks all year long but you picked the right one in week 16, and that was the difference. Um, I, I had Baker Mayfield last year, too, put up a huge game against Cincinnati. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it's you, you need to definitely hit on that QB spot where you're going to find the guy that's going to get 25 points for you. It's, it's such such a boom kind – of, kind of a boom or bust position it can be, it can be at this time with, with the six-point touchdowns, the three-point interceptions. You have a bad week from your quarterback. It really just kills your chances. Um I mean, but to answer your question, I'm going to go with he just needs to stay healthy. He's got the best team. Um, just the volume. I mean, Dalvin Cook obviously is the, the low-hanging fruit in the question. If he's healthy, he's a monster. And, and you pair him with what Eddie has with at the receiving core, Thomas, Hopkins, Kelsey, Landry, those receiving the ball. I mean, this team is clear, clear favorite and a little bit above everyone else what they can offer. Phil, you're still there. Take that as a no. All right, go Sox. <laughs> um, the other thing I'll add just to that Breeze comment, and you mentioned um, Michael Thomas being so good. That's part of it, too, for me, is if Breeze has a bad game, it's likely that two players on Eddie's team had a bad game. Um, So that's definitely, that's obviously something that you look for at the start of the year, pairing up your wide, your best wide receiver or one of your best wide receivers with their quarterback. Cause you get those, you know, in essence, bonus points whenever they throw a touchdown. But in weeks like last week where Breeze has an average game and Michael Thomas goes six for 48, um, you really can't afford to have two subpar games from your quarterback and best wide receiver. No, no. I mean, especially when you got to figure you're going to be playing against another really good team. Obviously you're not playing. It's not the regular season. You're, you're playing against one of the other better teams in the league and you got to expect that you're going to need the normal production to get a win. Um, You can't really afford the, I don't know what Breeze got last week, but it was like 13, I think. And Thomas, Thomas only had, 
I don't, he had less than 10, so I mean, 7.8. Yeah, getting 20 points from Breeze and Thomas probably isn't going to cut it. <laughs> now he has, he has the firepower elsewhere to, to make up for it, but I mean, if you get, I'm just going to go out and say, if he gets 20 points from Breeze and Thomas in probably either of the last two weeks, he's probably not going to win. Correct. So he picked up Fitz, Fitz Magic. That's obviously um, terrifying in itself just because <laughs> Patrick, but um, I don't see any reason why that team is going to even attempt to run the ball down the stretch here. So that is uh, that's a little bit of a bonus there as well, having him. So he's going to have some decisions to make. Yeah, I mean, Fitzpatrick's a great pickup if you look at the matchups. I mean, at the G-Men and home against Cincinnati, I mean, you can't ask for much better <laughs> matchups. But also, I mean, I could see him – Throwing three picks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, well, let's get into one of the uh, quarterfinal games. Hopefully, Phil can get back on here and join us. Um, we'll talk about Bowl, bowl and the Bowl Weevils against Mixed Mad Dogs. We'll start off with Bowl's team. came out today that Josh Jacobs has been playing with a broken shoulder. Um, that's concerning. <laughs> um, so... Question A is, are we concerned with Josh Jacobs because of that? And question B would be, what does he do if Josh Jacobs can't go? Yeah, um, definitely concerning. Um, Jacobs has been pretty solid all year for him. And, I mean, he's an RB1, RB11 on the year. So he's, he's been pretty steady, pretty, pretty productive all year. I think the pivot, oh, man. I mean, who can you trust? I, I guess it. I guess it has to be Ronald Jones. I, I say that very hesitantly after what he did last week. Um, I'm not sure that Tyrell Williams is, is any better than him. I, I well, it's got to be a running back because he has all. Receivers I, oh yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, he has receivers in the flex. So I guess it has to be Ronald Jones. Well, he has to go out and get Jacobs handcuff. I mean, that's like that just has to happen. If yeah. Jacobs can't go, you need to get DeAndre Washington. So. Yeah. Phil, welcome back. Hey, sorry about that, guys. That's all right. Um, next question for Bulls team. We're going to go two questions per team because we're only going to talk about the playoff matchups. Uh, obviously, I think we're all expecting a huge game from Julian Edelman this week in what is essentially um, – a must-win game for the Patriots, and clearly the only receiver on the field that Tom Brady has an ounce of trust in. Yeah, um, Edelman's value is already already as high as it can be. I mean, he's doing everything that you expect him to do, um, and then just it's just become very clear that, I mean, in the second half of any game that's going to be close. He's going to get just about every look. <laughs> um, I would I would expect his his volume. To, I mean, just to say it's going to get higher is, is kind of ridiculous. But I feel like it's going to get higher. Um, he's he's going to see ten, twelve targets every week, and he's he's probably going to catch most of them. So, yeah, this is this is a surefire wide receiver one down the stretch. This is the kind of guy you want in your lineup. Um, this is why I considered keeping this guy over Mike Evans this this year, 
just because he's just so consistent and there's just no there's not going to be any down weeks from him. Yeah, I mean I don't I don't know. I think in the first half first half of that Patriot game last week against the Texans, the the blueprint was kind of out that if you double Edelman, this Patriot offense can't do a whole lot. So, I could see them I could see them doing that moving forward, whether or not – I mean, he obviously had a good game last week. Whether or not that affects his production down the stretch, I I, I don't know. But I, I think it's – I think there's a lot to worry about overall with, with the receiving core that he has. Uh, McLaurin hasn't hit 10 points since week six of the season. I mentioned it earlier in the year when you guys were tripping over yourselves to rank him as a top 10 keeper. Um Rookie wide receivers are really, really tough to depend on, and you have no idea what you're going to get. You're a lot better buying out, buying in on, on year two in these guys. And, you know, that's exactly what you're seeing with McLaurin. There's a lot to worry about there. Edelman, I, I, I do think Edelman's going to be a, a wide receiver one, but Diggs and, and Samuel, I don't, I don't know if you know exactly what kind of production you're going to get from, from those wide receiver two, wide receiver three type players. Yeah, Edelman's going to have a big game this week, but I agree with all everything Phil said as far as concerning um, with the wide receiver position for Bowl. Despite that, Bowl is a pretty heavy favorite um, in this matchup, and he's getting a good game from Zeke so far tonight. Um, so my first question for Micah, uh, can Russell Wilson do enough to keep Micah in this thing? Um, Micah's had a good team. He's scored well pretty much this year, um, but Russell Wilson has been a key contributor in his wins. Um, usually if Russ does well, then, you know, Micah typically wins. So can Russ in a tough matchup against the Rams uh, do enough to keep Micah in this thing against Bolt? Uh, I want to say the Rams shut him down this week, and that's hard for me to say because he's so good. Um but I, I, I like the, I like that game to be a, a little bit low scoring. So I, I don't know that I, I'd be counting on the huge week from Wilson. Um, obviously, he tore him up at home earlier in the year, but a little different going to the Coliseum, different atmosphere. Um, I don't I don't know that he does enough now. I don't know that I would count on it. But he is one of that handful of players that when he does it, it's not going to be all that surprising to everybody, especially quarterback to quarterback matchup. You don't really know. Tannehill's played great the last few weeks. You don't, you don't know what you're getting on the road. Another week of film on him, another week of film on the Titans offense. You don't know what you're going to get at Oakland after they just put up such a bad game. This could easily be a 25 point swing at one position um, that goes against bowl. Right. Uh, I don't think it's likely, but there is a possibility that Russell Wilson is able to keep these guys in up. The Seahawks have turned into a little bit of a ground and pound team here lately too. That's that's definitely part of it here. Um, yeah, what did what did they get? Like almost forty carries for Penny and Carson. Yeah, it was it was quite a bit. Um, and even Russ's passing targets seem to go that way in most cases. He's going to need Tyler Lockett to be healthy this week um, came out after the game that Lockett had the flu all week. So that kind of explains the, the zero, the goose egg from Tyler Lockett that effectively ended Tyler's season. Um, 
I don't know. Russell on Sunday night is kind of a different animal. I agree with what you're saying, Shane. It's not a good matchup, and I think this could be low scoring. I think both teams are going to try to keep the other team off the field. Yeah. Um, but you never want to go against Russell Wilson in prime time. It's just something different. So, uh, the other question with Micah's team right now, Sterling Shepard in the flex two spot. We saw Shepard have a nice comeback uh, to the lineup last week against the Packers. But good old Eli Manning back under the saddle this week. Um, are we at all concerned about Sterling Shepard or should we be excited about him with Eli throwing in the ball and what should be a pretty <laughs> good matchup Monday night against the Eagles? Man, this has like one of two ways going, right? Like where Eli like has a comeback and plays really well against a poor pass defense or he is just absolutely awful and throws three picks in the first half. Um, <laughs> I'm going to lean towards Eli plays well. Um, and I think that the Giants are going to be able to score against the Eagles. So I think Shepard puts up a respectable week. This has fantasy heartbreak just written all over it. Last game of the week. If it's at all close, I don't know how these guys are going to sleep Sunday night. Hell, go to work on Monday. I wouldn't be able to do it. If it's within, it, it's it's like no matter if it, as long as it's within fifteen, it's reasonable to think either way that it, it's a possibility of happening. So, for instance, if if if, if Shepard is down three going into Monday night because of the Eli Manning factor, you have no idea. Like if I'm bull, I have no idea if I'm ahead or behind. Like I don't I don't even know what side of that I want because he could put up fifteen, he could put up zero with zero targets. That being said. I've never really been a, a Daniel Jones truther. I do think Manning is, is going to target him in, 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 in the past game, and he is going to have a decent game. Eli is going to carve on Monday night. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think so. It's I'm a matchup you dream for, about. Yeah. I mean, that Eagles pass defense is just the churches. Um, and Shepard's got to be his favorite target out there. So. Uh, Shepard's a good player. I think we lose sight of how good he actually has been in his career because of the concussions and the, you know, the games that he's had to miss. So um, I, I look forward to seeing a good game from Shepard on Monday night. I don't look forward to watching that or listening to the people talking about that game because let's be honest, um, Booger and Teth leave a lot to be desired. Um. I think the three of us might be able to do as good a job <laughs> as them. Do I do I dare say that Eli Manning is not as bad as we all thought? No, he's pretty bad. No, he stinks. I mean, look at what OBJ is doing without Eli. Did he go to a much better quarterback, though? People thought so. Everybody thought so. Uh, I don't know that I thought so. I don't know. I don't. I don't necessarily think those things necessarily correlate either. So, all right. Ne- next hot take is OBJ a system player in the Eli Manning offense? <laughs> I think. I think you. I'm still, just asking I'm, the question. No, I think you have to focus on OBJ and that offense. And the problem there, in my opinion, is the fact that if he's seeing great coverage, Jarvis Landry's still a really good player. So obviously. 
you know, if Landry's getting better matchups and he's doing better at getting open, then he's going to get those targets. And the other problem there is that Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb need to be featured as well. There's too many mouths to feed there. And <clears throat> I don't – I think it was a mistake of everybody to project the volume that they, they projected for OBJ. I think that's that's more so the issue than the quarterback play. My – I, if I had to point to one thing, it would be they don't they don't have a real NFL head coach. They they they've got they've got a middle school lineman coach and that, that that's head coaching their football team. The guy the guy's a joke. He who wear when has a coach ever worn a T-shirt like that? Even if I wasn't a Steelers fan, I would have thought that is the stupid. Like, could you ever see in what world would Belichick wear a T-shirt like that just to tick everybody else off? Like the guy is just a clown. He, I, I'm, I'm amazed he has not been fired yet. Their season's over. He, he's not a grown up. Baker doesn't respect him. They, they need to get a Ron Rivera type in there. I don't think Freddie's going to get fired. Oh my god. I, I think he should. I don't think he's going to. He won't. Sure. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I've never been a huge Beckham fan. Just to, to go back on the, on the Beckham, I mean, but I mean, if you look at it, yeah, it hasn't been a great year, but he's on pace for like twelve hundred yards receiving. So, like, I mean, it's not like it's a touchdowns sure, thing. It's he hasn't scored any touchdowns, and has he ever really? I mean, he yeah, he's scored a bunch of touchdowns. But I feel like I know Ed, Eddie's talked about this how like a lot of his touchdowns are if he doesn't take a slant and go eighty yards, he doesn't get a whole lot of touchdowns. I mean, a lot of his I feel like a lot of his touchdowns in New York were a lot of big plays. And he's just not – I feel like he's not a great red zone target. Yeah. He's, uh, not, he's, not, he's not enormous, so that doesn't help. Um, he does have breakaway game, game-breaking game speed and elusiveness, so that helps. Um, and the, the plays that he's made famous by Eli just completely having no regard for ball security and <laughs> tossing, it, tossing it up to him deep. Baker doesn't make those plays. Like, that's not – he'd rather throw it to Landry open underneath or dump it off to Chubb or Hunt than just, you know, chuck the, the 60-yard nine route to Beckham and hope that he comes down with it. That's not a smart play. So maybe it is an Eli system thing to go all the way back to what Phil said. Um, I, I don't know. To, to your point, Shane, I, I agree with everything you just said. However – not having touchdowns doesn't mean you're not a good red zone target. You have guys that are literally, if you could build a human being from the ground up and say, I want this guy to grow up to be a red zone target in the NFL, you would have Julio Jones. And Julio Jones went 10, 11, 12 games without catching a touchdown. Like, not having <laughs> the production in the red zone doesn't mean that you are a good red zone target, is, is the point that I'm making. All right, who wins, Bowl versus Micah? Let's stay on track here. Right now, Bowl has a pretty good advantage. Zeke's 13.2. He's pretty heavily favored in this one. Um, right now, the projections have him winning by about 13 points. I am going to take the Mad Dogs. The Jacobs news is concerning. The wide receivers are concerning. And... I think the big swing in this game is going to be Eckler and Keenan Allen because 
Phil Rivers has something to prove. Um, he's been getting shit on by people, and that Jacksonville team has quit. They've packed up. They've gone home. And I think <laughs> Eckler and Keenan Allen have a big game this week, leading the Mad Dogs to a quarterfinal victory. Oh. I said earlier I didn't think Wilson was going to have enough to do it. Um, I hate to backtrack on that, so I think I'm going to stick with the Bull Weevils. Um, winter, winter looking like they get me next week, so I'm not really sure who I want to play out of these two teams, but I'm going to give me the Bull Weevils. God, Cods, you are such a Philip Rivers truther. You well, just, you're going to die on that hill. I get it. I get it. You want to be consistent. No, it's it's not. I mean, I think Phil Rivers is a very good quarterback. Um, I think he's one of the few quarterbacks that can get in the Hall of Fame without winning the Super Bowl. Um, I just – I don't – and I said a couple weeks ago that I'm ready to see him retire, but I think he's been getting unfairly kind of cracked on him too. Like, yes, he's aged very quickly. Um but I think he's, he's kind of an ego guy. I just see him feasting on a team that has effectively quit on their season. And their head coach, Doug Marone, is so fired. Um, I just – I like the Chargers this week. With that being said, they'll lose on a missed kick or mid-kick at the end of the game. So. <laughs> yeah, they'll be down going into that last drive. Um, wait, I, I can't believe you think Marone is 100% out and – Freddie Kitchens is not out. Like my my like how how does how does that even like what are the pieces that are moving around in your mind to come to that conclusion? I just a gut feel. Got it. <laughs> Who do you have winning? Pick a winner. Let's go. Give me Bull. I think I think it's a low scoring one. First to ninety is going to take this one home. Bull gets there. I agree. All right, other quarterfinal game, Abusement Park versus Team Ice Cream. We'll start off with sure. Some good running back matchups this week. Uh, Mixon against Cleveland. Melvin Gordon against the aforementioned Jaguars. But perhaps the two juiciest, Le'Veon Bell against the Dolphins and Nick Chubb against the Bengals. So which running back of those four has the best week for Brandon Sure at Abusement Park? Mm. Give me uh, give me Chubb against the Bengals. Do you know Le'Veon Bell hasn't had a twenty-yard rush in almost two years? It's like January fourteenth, two thousand eighteen, was his last twenty-yard rush. Um, give me, give me Chubb. I, I, I think. This is one of those where they, they, they read a lot of the media. They're going to feed them this weekend, and that could not be a juicier matchup. Chubb's the, the low-hanging fruit. I would give a close second to Melvin Gordon. Obviously, I just said I think Eckler and Allen have good games, but if I think that they could have good games, then obviously Melvin Gordon has a chance to have a good game as well. Um, I would also wouldn't be surprised if Mixon has a good game this week. Cleveland is another team kind of in that same boat as Jacksonville, and Mixon's going to touch the ball at least 20 times. So, Any concerns about Deshaun Watson, for sure? Um, possible letdown game here. 
for the Texans against the Broncos team that's been, you know, not good. Obviously, I think they have four wins this year, but they've been in a lot of games. They're feisty. They have some good players on defense. Um, I could just see this being, you know, one of those typical games this year that you look back on the Texans season and you sit there and wonder how they finished 10 and 6 and not 13 and 3. And this is one of those games that's just a total letdown. Yeah, a lot of people on that bandwagon this week looking for the letdown game. Um, I think I'm on it as well. <coughs> I think I'm on it as well. I think uh, Denver definitely covers this week, keeps it real close. They're, they're playing real well. Um, unfortunately for Spears, I don't know that it's going to matter, and I don't know that sure really even needs to play Watson to win this matchup. So. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. When when you play the Patriots, it it just means more. You have that game circled on your calendar. Bill O'Brien especially had that game circled on his calendar. Hundred percent, it, it's it's going to be a letdown. I think they they probably took an extra day or two to in, enjoy that one. And that being said, the the, the Broncos defense it, it's not certainly not an easy matchup. I obviously you play him. He's just you know don't expect what you normally would out of him. Let's move over to Spears' team, the not-respected Spears team, according to Shane right here. Um, talked about Chubb having a cupcake matchup against the Bengals, but on Spears' side, um, he has the other running back in that backfield, Kareem Hunt. Is there a chance we see Kareem Hunt take some work from Chubb in this easy matchup in a game that Cleveland should roll? Um, and with that being said, that would obviously really help Troy and double-edged sword hurt Sure. So, um, do we think Kareem Hunt can have a pretty good game this week? Uh, yeah, I think he can have a good game. Um, a lot of it. I'd like to see what what Mayfield's health is like going into this game. Um, if he's even going to play, it looks like he's going to. But <laughs> just the volume that Hunt's getting is impressive. I mean, last three weeks, twenty one catches, twenty five since he came back. Um, in four weeks, I mean. The receptions are there, keeping him relevant, keeping him in the in the RB, probably RB two, high RB two status since he's come back. Um, so yeah, I, I expect Hunt to have a, have a decent week this week. I, I wouldn't be shocked to, at all to see him uh, eat into that workload and and put up a nice twelve, thirteen points at least. Baker is playing this week because according to him, in a typical Baker statement, said Mama didn't raise no wuss. Which is just, you don't need to say that, but he does, obviously. All right, then. <laughs> That's my... Can, can we just... Can, can, can we back up for a second? I, and I, I, I promise, I will answer the question about Kareem Hunt because you guys always yell at me that I don't answer the question. But is this the first time in the history of our league that we have had a guy just trade away the best fantasy player, collect $50... And still make a run at the playoffs and, and, and get in. Is this the first time it's ever happened? I, I, I can't remember. In our league, yes. It's the first time anyone's traded for traded away the best player and received fifty dollars because it's the first year we've been able to get fifty dollars. So um yeah. all, all right, <laughs> smart ass, maxed out draft um, cash then. I think it is the first time we've seen a an effective seller make the playoffs. My God. You know that that that's one of there's nothing you can do and you're you're just <laughs> you're, you're that good, right? Um, that that being said, 
you got you got to you, you got to love Kareem Hunt. I I I think he has he has a good game this week, just like Nick Chubb does. It's it's going to be one of those where you're just holding your breath and you're watching red zone. And you're trying to see all right when they have the ball deep in the red zone, who who's the running back that's in and getting carries and and getting some of the catches. All right, next question for Spears' team. Is this Devontae Parker thing for real? Sure is. I mean, last three weeks against Buffalo, Cleveland, Philly, 135, 91, 159. I mean, obviously Fitzpatrick's favorite target, um, getting a bunch of deep looks down the field every game, which is always always nice. You always have that shot to pick up that 10, 12-point play in one shot, which is huge. Um, I expect more of the same, more of the same this week for Devontae Parker. My God, did you ever think we'd, we'd – and th- th- when, I, when I talked about it being a weird fantasy season, this is, this is one of the, the topics I, w- I was talking about. Did you ever think at the beginning of the year that – this is where we'd be. We'd be talking about Devontae Parker potentially winning somebody a championship because of how good he's been. I think it is for real. I think I think Fitzpatrick's a, a real quarterback. There's a reason he keeps getting picked up by all these teams. He's nobody's future, but he can he can sling it, and the guy th- throws into enough windows and, and traffic that a lot of people win. Devontae Parker is his best playmaker. I, I Flores is getting the most out of this team. I don't see why that wouldn't continue. Um, yeah, the Parker thing's for real. We've been waiting on this for quite a long time, obviously. Um, we always kind of felt like he had the talent. He was the one of the top receivers in his draft class. I bought into him, I think, two years ago. thought he'd have a nice season. And obviously, if you can get any year, you can get Ryan Fitzpatrick's favorite target. Um, that's fantasy gold because he's just going to – he's going to do the Eli thing where he just throws it with – no regard for ball security, as I mentioned earlier. I'm um, just going to throw it to him whenever he can. So, uh, unfortunately, with the game that Dak and Amari are having, uh, this may not matter. So, yeah, nice. I mean, this is this is going to be pretty much the matchup right here. We're going to see this fourth quarter. The Cowboys pretty much fighting for their lives. Are they going to? Is Dak and Amari gonna like turn? They're gonna turn to their best player and just say, "Hey, we're gonna keep throwing the ball because Spears is gonna need a, a huge fourth quarter here to to make this close." Well, who do you guys have winning? Parker, it's not close. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I I feel like Ice Cream is probably gonna drop one of their best players and, and still come away with the victory somehow this week. Um, I'm taking the ice cream. Give it to me. Wow. I, I would love to pick the ice cream because I would love to not have to put a new name on this trophy. That would be uh, that would be awesome <laughs> to just keep the same two names on the trophy through five straight years. Um, but I'm going to take the 2019 Sons of Fantasy Football League champion, Abusement Park, to win this week and the following two weeks. And uh, wow. walk away with the title. They fit all the criteria. I forget what the criteria is. That's, I forgot about that. I have to go back and look at that. They they didn't sell their soul to the devil. No, they don't. No, they definitely didn't. Do that. <laughs> no. They have two stud running backs. Are you looking at it? You have it. I I don't, but I can 
probably find it in a minute. Uh, I can find it. Give me a sec. Man, I forgot about that. Keep it going for a little bit. Let me look for this. Um, so that would be from, when did I write that? 15. Now I got to scroll back through some sent emails. Here we go. Do you know Joe Mixon is RB17 right now? As bad as he's been, he's still almost an RB1. I cannot believe that. Yeah, he's been he's been pretty good. Um Chubbs RB7, Le'Veon Bell is another RB1 at RB12. He's effectively got Three RB ones on his team since uh, since you traded Mixon, thirty carries, fifteen, eighteen, nineteen. I mean, Cincinnati just giving him the ball. I mean, he he he's a he's a real football player. And I can't find it. Uh. Hold on. <laughs> All right, here we go. Just shows what going to a good team can do for a guy. The last, the second to last week that he was on your team, he goes ten carries for two yards against against Jacksonville. <laughs> and the week before, eight carries for ten yards. All right, so here we go. I got the criteria. <laughs> the fantasy football champion should have at least two stud running backs. All right, Sure's got that, okay? It would be argued that Eddie does not because I think Devonta Freeman and David Montgomery would not be studs. Fantasy football champions should not have a weak spot on their roster. I don't think Sure has a weak spot. Uh, you could argue maybe the tight end, but Jack Doyle um, with no no, re- no Ebron, um, definitely not a weak spot anymore. Fantasy champions should be consistent week to week. Uh, I don't. I guess sure has been fairly consistent. Uh, fantasy champions shouldn't have to flip a coin with their starting running backs. Shane, that's going to eliminate you because um, that's Chris Carson and Rashad Penny. You're flipping a the coin there. And a fantasy champion should not sell their soul to the devil to win. Um, I don't think sure has done any of those things. I think uh, – that forty-eight point three week seven is uh, consistent, huh? Is that what he did <laughs> against Butler? Oh, man. <laughs> but other than that, I mean, he's been pretty much over ninety. He had one. He had one week where he lost to Phil, where he put up eighty point nine. <clears throat> but other than that, he's been pretty good. He lost to Phil twice. No, Butler and Phil. Okay, Butler and Phil. He yeah. lost. That's bad. <clears throat> well, I. I... I'm going to pick Sure. Um, if I didn't have to pick Sure, I'd pick Eddie. So, who do you guys got winning it all? Give, give me Eddie. Mm. Sure. I, I, I think Sure, just because of those, those of, running of, backs, of, right, Phil? Yeah, you know, he, he needs at least two. <laughs> he's, he's got four, and he's, I think Mixon is going to be the guy that, that that's the difference maker. And, and, and in the playoff push, just because I dangled him out there and so many people said no to him. He, he's just one of those guys that's going to come back 
you know, similar to similar to other players we've seen in the past, I, I think he'll be the difference maker in that flex two spot. Mixing at Cincinnati or mixing at New England or at home against New England next week. You like that? Yeah. Why not? New England's defense stinks. All right. Big Zeke Elliott touchdown for Bowl. Um, it's heartbreaking for Spears to have two of the best players in the Cowboys and not get that touchdown there. So that that hurts. Yeah, that was pretty much the dagger. They're still down ten. Yeah, yeah they're still going to play from behind. But yeah, they're still yeah, they're... So, all right. Anything else, Dad? No, I think uh, I think that's it. Phil, you want to tout your big stacks one more time, or no? I think people are sick of it by now, and uh, <clears throat> who knows? It might not be big stacks for, for for that long. I might make a trade as as soon as the season's over. Um, no, I I I just want to say hats off to Cause for for doing another good job with the regular season and keeping everybody in check. It's not. It's definitely not an easy thing to do, myself included. There's some big personalities to manage, and, and I think you did a really good job of, of of managing it. So, so thanks for for all the hard work that you did. Yeah, you guys don't make it easy. Um, there are some some real stiffs in this league. I will say, I told Shane this week, this league's gotten soft. Um, not <laughs> not a lot of not a lot of shit talking, and I send you know some emails out that try to provoke some stuff, and you guys just all sit on your hands. So. Like to see some more, uh, some more chatter. I, I'd love to shit talk somebody, but I look at look at my roster. I was thinking maybe the the guy that won ten ten, ten games this year might open <laughs> up and say something, but he's scared. He's scared. Not scared. We're just we're humble. Yeah, humble. <laughs> not a, not not everybody likes to play the league villain. <laughs> Yeah, I guess. I Is guess. there some? Was there something wrong with the ESPN app? Like, wasn't Zeke at like thirteen point two before that touchdown? Yeah, they haven't. They haven't given him a touchdown yet. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's slow. So, like, did they like take away all of his receiving points or what? I don't think he has any receiving. Well, then they just haven't given him the second touchdown yet. It still says twenty four seven on. Gotcha. The app. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, the app has not been spectacular this year. Yeah, pretty poor. Okay, All right, well, good. never wraps up our quarterfinal preview. Look forward to seeing who Eddie and Shane get in the semifinals. Um, Shane, I do need to give you kudos. I don't think I mentioned it in our playoff piece. You got the, the high one week this year, so another 25 coming your way on top of the 50 for winning the division. So. Thanks, brother. Um, either way, you are in the in the green this year, and you'll have a chance to at least add another twenty five to that. So it's now time for me to turn my attention to where the playoff party will be. Um, we're hoping that Shane can come through with uh, some catering for it. So, <laughs> um, do you have a two for one or? Um, I was going to go two for one this week. Let's see here. You already mentioned Denver. I feel like that's on there for you. Yeah, I definitely like them getting nine. Let me see if I if there's anything else that I like. Um, 
think I would go Cincinnati getting seven against Cleveland. Touchdown, Mitch, baby. I think I would go. He ran it in himself. Wow. Got to be kidding me. What about Eli and the Giants? Man, that's a tough one to go with. It's a big spread, isn't it? Nine and a half. Oh, it's not big enough. I think I'll go San Fran getting two and a half against the Saints. <laughs> a lot of good games this week. Yeah, yeah, a bunch of good games. KC, New England, Baltimore, Buffalo, Rams, Seahawks, um, Niners, Saints. Those are four good ones off the top of my head there. Yeah. All right, well, thank you guys for listening to the quarterfinal podcast. Thank you, Shane. Uh, thank you, Phil, for joining me. It was good to get the, the podcast back going again this week. And uh, we will talk to you guys next week to break down the final four of the 2019 Sons of Fantasy Football League season. Thanks, and we'll talk to you then.